0: Please take a seat. We have been engaged in a sermon series with the great questions that God asks. And there have been some marvelous questions. What is your name? What is in your hand? Do you remember that one? What are you doing here? Do you understand what I have done for you? What do you want me to do for you? Why are you so afraid? Where are those that condemn you? Whom shall I send? And there are more everyday questions that all of us enjoy hearing, like, what's for dinner? Or, are we there yet? Or, as fishermen like to ask one another, I know because I'm married to one, as soon as a fisherman sees another fisherman, the question is, did you catch anything? It's that context in which we hear our Lord today asking, Peter, do you love me? Please pray with me. Great God, I thank you that you encounter us, that you have questions for us, that you are shaping our lives. So shape us by this scripture that we might become the people you long for us to be, people who love you well, in Jesus' name, amen so we're going to take a closer look at peter this week and we got a glimpse of him last week peter was called to follow jesus from fishing he went from fishing to following he's the only one jesus ever gave a special blessing or beatitude to blessed are you simon barjona i will call you peter the rock later jesus says i will give you the kings of the the keys of the kingdom later When Peter encounters Jesus and resists the idea that Jesus would suffer and die, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Peter walked on water. Peter is the one who asked Jesus, how many times must I forgive? And Jesus said, 70 times 7, and you're just getting started, Peter. Peter asked Jesus, do you have a special place for those who have given up everything, like me? And Jesus said, yes, you'll get plenty of space, just like everybody else. Peter is kind of like a great athlete. He has very high moments and low moments as well. You may remember a few years ago, Jay Buhner playing in New York City. The bases were loaded, and if he hit that homer, we won the game. He struck out. Next day, he came back, hit the, hit the good hit, couple bases, and we won the game. It happened so quickly. Lowest of lows, highest of highs. That's Peter. Last week, we were looking at the foot washing, and Peter was the one who was reluctant to let Jesus wash his feet. He said, no, you shouldn't be washing feet. I don't need that. And then when Jesus said, I must wash your feet or you have no part in me, Peter says, okay, then give me the whole bath. Jesus has to correct him again. No, you don't need a whole bath. I'm just rinsing your feet, Peter. This is the daily washing. They go on in that encounter, that particular special evening gathered in the upper room, when Jesus predicts, you will forsake me. And Peter says, oh no, others may forsake you, but I will never forsake you, Lord. I would lay down my life for you. And Jesus looks Peter in the eye and said, oh Peter, by the time the rooster crows three times, by the time the rooster crows, you have denied me three times. There are 15 pages of scripture in John's gospel between where we were last week and this week. This this scene of the Last Supper. It was the night of Jesus' arrest. And that night when Jesus is arrested, Peter draws the sword to defend him. And Jesus says, put that away. Would you have me not follow what my father has told me to do? And Peter sheaths his sword, but not without cutting off someone's ear first. This is Peter. It comes to pass, as Jesus predicted, Jesus is arrested. He's taken to the home of the high priest, and the disciples are outside. John knows someone in the courtyard, so he gets, uh, John and Peter get to go into that inner courtyard, and while they were there, a servant girl comes along, looks at Peter, and said, I've seen you before. Weren't you with Jesus? Oh, no, not me, says Peter. And then again, someone says, you have that same accent like the disciples. Weren't you with them? Nope, not me. And then a relative of the man whose ear was cut off sees Peter and says, You were with them in the olive grove. Peter denies it. And just then the rooster crows. Luke reports that Jesus caught Peter's eye. And as the cock was crowing, Jesus went outside and wept. Peter went outside and wept. Jesus is crucified, buried, and buried. The tomb, the resurrection happened. The tomb is found empty. It's Easter Sunday. And Jesus begins to make his resurrection appearances. In the Gospel of John, he appears to Mary. And then the disciples, when they're gathered together, and he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. He gives them the power to forgive sins. Then Jesus appears to Thomas in a personal way and says, Put your hand in my side and touch my wounds. Don't doubt. You needn't doubt. Jesus performs many miracles, and then comes this story. Peter's seen it all. And Peter, I guess, is so filled up with all of this that's gone on that Peter has decided it's time to return to what's familiar, and he took out his little sign that said, Go on fishing. Several of the other disciples follow him. They all join in, and they fish all night. That was the custom. And what did they catch? Nothing. Nothing. Early dawn comes and they're heading in and someone calls to them from the shore. What'd you catch? Nothing. Try throwing your nets out on the right side. It can just Peter's thinking, right, we've been fishing all night. Who do you think you are? Just throw them on the right. What's going to happen? Well, the others say, hey, let's try it. You know, we have nothing to lose. They throw their nets in on the right and so many fish are caught that you wouldn't believe the weight of it. And John whispers to Peter that's the Lord on the shore and here's our Peter he's our guy he throws on his outer garment which is not what one usually does before jumping into the water the opposite of normal emergency procedures the fully dressed Peter heaves himself over the boat and then like a side of beef he like plows through the water he scrambles up ashore on all fours to get to Jesus the boat comes in the net is so full of fish it could break jesus says bring a few fish over here he gathers them around a little fire and jesus breaks bread and shares fish just like at the lord's supper and aren't we glad he'd already instituted the lord's supper or we'd be having fish up here with our <laughs> communion what a setup it's a perfect moment. Dawn, fishing, eating together. It's like Jesus has prepared this party for who? For the guy who denied him three times. It's an amazing gift again of love. Jesus pouring himself out. It's like a surprise reconciliation party. Love initiates that. He feeds them and then he, then he begins this encounter. And Isn't it always better to make a proposal after a meal? Frederick Buechner describes it this way. They sat there around the fire, eating their fish, with the sun coming up over the water behind them, and they were all so hushed and glad and peaceful that anybody passing by would never have guessed that not long before their host had been nailed up on a cross on a hill outside the city and left there to die without a friend to his name that's when Jesus turns to Peter and he asks this most personal and intimate of questions. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What does he mean more than these? More than these boats and fishing gear? More than this catch of fish? More than you love these other guys that you're with? Or more than these other guys love me? Jesus the God of the universe in human flesh is asking the toughest of questions. Do you love me? This sermon's gonna have two parts, the I do and the I will. That may sound familiar from wedding ceremonies, I do and I will. Or from joining the church or becoming an elder. The first question Do you love me? The God of the universe is asking this intimate question one doesn't usually ask this question unless you already love the other person you don't take this risk do you unless you've already decided i love you do you love me so jesus asked peter in this moment i almost picture him turning and touching him simon son of god do you truly do you like out of the depth of your heart do you love me with your soul And Peter answers, yes, Lord, I I love you with kind of a brotherly love. Two different words there agape, the soulful love, and phileo, the kind of brotherly, like Philadelphia love. Do you love me? He asks again, do you love me in this deep way? Peter, do you love me? And Peter answers again, yeah, I I love you with my mind, kind of a head knowledge, oida kind of knowledge in Greek. And then the third time, Jesus adjusts the question to use a little less strong word and and match Peter's response. Do you love me? Kind of the phileo kind of love. And Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know. And he changes his word. You know, you have an experiential knowledge, a gnosko. You know that I love you. Well, pardon me, but this is Peter who denied Jesus three times. That's love. That's an experiential love it doesn't seem like it matches up this moment this third time the gospel says is when peter was hurt it's like he's reminded you know why is jesus asking me this three times oh perhaps because i denied him three times perhaps jesus is healing over those three denials here's the thing about jesus he's the master teacher he's bringing his student he is sort of reeling him in He's bringing his student to clarity and to decision. He's using repetition and rephrasing. Jesus is teaching Peter with these questions. How to love him deeply. Peter needed to grow in clarity about his love for Jesus. He thought he loved him back in the upper room when he said, I won't deny you. But his allegiance has shown to be weak. Now Jesus is asking Peter three times. Healing this over. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? This is the unfathomable mystery of God. God is a lover who wants to be loved. The one who created us is waiting for our response to the love that gave us our very being. God not only says, you are my beloved. Not only, I want to give you a party with 153 fish, everything you ever imagined more abundantly than you could ask or imagine, God asks, do you love me? And he gives us countless chances to say yes. Henry Nouwen puts it this way. The spiritual life, thus understood as saying yes to God, radically changes everything. Being born, growing up, leaving home, finding a career... Being praised, being rejected, walking, resting, praying, playing, becoming ill, becoming healed. Yes, even living and dying. They are all expressions of that divine question, do you love me? At every point in the journey, there's the chance to say yes and the chance to say no. What's our answer this morning as Jesus would look each one of us in the eye and say, do you love me? Do you love me? Peter responds, yes, three times over. He says, yes, I do love you, and I will. Tell me what you want me to do. And Jesus completes this exchange by giving Peter a commission. And it it shifts a little bit, too, each time. The first time, Jesus says, feed my little lambs. And the second time, shepherd my sheep. And then feed my sheep. Well, see, there's both a kind of easier job of feeding, and then there's a harder job of shepherding. Stay with them. Go where they go. Lead them in ways that they need to be led. And Peter says, okay, Lord, I've got that. Now, what are you going to do about John? Isn't that Peter? And then there's this intense, intimate moment, this kind of covenant that's evolving between Jesus and Peter. And as soon as Peter thinks, okay, I've got it, he wants to know what Jesus can do with the other disciple, John. And Peter, uh, Jesus goes on to tell Peter, don't worry about John. You know, you're going to have enough troubles living out your calling and what's coming in your future to follow me. You don't need to be thinking about what I'm going to do with John. If I want John to live forever, that's my business. The implementation plan then unfolds. Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit and Peter becomes a mighty preacher and a healer. And John's ministry is what we're reading. John becomes the gospel writer. Jesus gave them each an an assignment. Peter's impetuous, strong-willed personality and leadership, empowered by the Holy Spirit, give uh, the church a foundation. Uh, Peter lays down his life for the building up of Jesus' church. I've really enjoyed several books that have helped me in this sermon. I'm going to recommend them to you as your summer reading. There is The Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen. If you want to know God's love and experience it in a more deep way, that's a fabulous book. If you're interested in God's kingdom coming now, this is, it's, a, it's a thick read by um, Dallas Willard, The Divine Conspiracy. And here's an easier read for family life, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Chapman talks about the way each of us receives love. And he distinguishes five different languages of love. He calls them quality time. We have someone in our family who likes that. They like to hang out together. Words of affirmation, that's mine. Give me a compliment. I can go for a long time on one good compliment. Physical touch, gifts, actual gifts, or acts of service. Now, if you're a student, a young person listening to the sermon, I highly recommend acts of service in your family life. It will make a big difference. (laughs) It appears in this passage that Jesus' love language is acts of service. He's saying, not what will you accomplish for me, but do you love me? And when you love me, you will show me that you love me through these acts of service dallas willard says we do not drift into discipleship we continue to say yes and grow into discipleship jesus is asking each of us and all of us do you love me do you have this vertical relationship with me and will you feed my sheep will you follow me in the way i lay down my life for others So Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then will you feed my little lambs? In Sunday school and Kid Reach and Jubilee Reach Center and Eastside Academy, this church gives you a thousand ways to say yes. Will you shepherd my sheep as an elder or a deacon or a committee member or an auto angel or visiting the homebound or offering yourself in service at the church office answering the phone or on Sunday morning putting up the signs or working at Chinook? Will you... Show me that you love me. Will you feed my sheep and provide aid to those in need in Bellevue and in China? Will you give resources of time and treasure to those in need in Bellevue through the Jubilee Service Day? Will you, in your everyday life, love those around you, the ones you live with, your neighbors, the ones you encounter at work and at school? Do you love me? Live it out. Please pray with me. Lord God, we, your people in this room, long to say yes to this question, that we love you. God, we thank you that you first loved us, that you have poured yourself out for our sake. We thank you for this intimate question, do you love me? Empower our yes, I ask, through your Holy Spirit, that the way that we live and the way that we love would show forth who you are to a world that needs to know you.